0: This year is in Masachta Sukkah, in the middle of the second parak, on Daf Hei, Amad Aleph. Before we begin, I'd like to correct something that I said on the last tape, Benagea to the Peshat, in the determination of how many walls we need in a Sukkah. Do we need three walls or four walls? This was discussed on Daf Vav. The Gemara discusses the mechlekes between the Chacham and Rav Shimon, on whether we say Yesh-eim l or Yesh-eim mikra Yesh-eim l means that the key to a pasuk is how it is written, Yeshem Lamikra is the key to a pasach, is how it is read. If we say Yeshem Lamisaris, then we need three walls in a sukkah. And if we say Yeshem Lamikra, then we need four walls in a sukkah. I explained that the pshat was a mathematical calculation based on the number of vavs in the word to determine the number of walls. This is incorrect. The correct pshat is simply, if you hold Yeshem Lamisaris, so the first two psukim are written singularly, sukas, since they're singular, and they count as one wall. While the third pasik is written in plural sukais, so it counts as two walls. This totals four. But you deduct one, since the first pasik is needed for a different drush. Hence you have three walls in total. This has nothing to do with the number of vavs, but rather whether it's singular or plural. Now if you hold Yeshem Lamikra, all three words are read sukais in plural form, which counts as two each. So now you have three words times berabim two is equal to six. The first pasuk you need for a different drusha, so now you're left with four walls. Now let us begin here where we are, and of Khav Hay And we're starting a new subject. We're starting the rules of who and when people are machuib in Yeshiva Basukkah, before we discussed all the rules of how we build the sukkah. The Chachamim learn from the Pasuk of is Teshvu Shivasyam that Teshvu Keyn Tuduro. You're supposed to live in a sukkah the way you live in your house. And the Mishnah says that shluchay mitzvah are Paturin Minasuka person is a shleach mitzvah, if he's learning Taira, or if he's on a journey of pidgin shvuyim. So, not only is he pater from sukkah while he's traveling, but Rashi explains that even when he's in a hotel, and he's sleeping overnight, even at that time, he's pater from sukkah. Since we say, a yisig b'mitzvah, mitzvah. Also, the Mishnah says, someone who has some tsar while he's in the sukkah, he is pater from sukkah, and even if he's a chayle sheyesh by sakana or a Chaila ein by sakana, even in a case like that, he would be pater from sukkah because this is considered mitzvah, and the same way that a person would leave his own house if, for example, the heat broke, the same thing here. If he's and he's not comfortable, he's allowed to leave the sukkah. The Mishnah continues, that it is also mutter to eat snacks, achilas arai, outside of the sukkah, since it's like a person grabs a snack, a chocolate bar or something, while he's outside of his house. So the same thing when dealing with the sukkah, a person is allowed to eat this type of achilas aray, even outside of the sukkah. The Gemara says that we know how Isaac mitzvah, pater, mina mitzvah from Beshiftacha beveisaka. Prat lo Isaac be mitzvah. teaches us that a chassan is pater from Kriyashma if he marries a besula, since he is now preoccupied with the mitzvah of Biyarishaina. However, if one marries an almana, then he is chayav in Kriyashma. We need two miyutim, both of these, to teach us that even mental preoccupation with a mitzvah is pater, mina mitzvah. Not only is it physical preoccupation, but even if a person is thinking about doing the mitzvah, that he is also pater, mina mitzvah. The Gemara says that if a person lost his ship in the sea, then he is a in Kriyishma. He has no tour, even though he's busy and he's preoccupied thinking about it. But since he's preoccupied with something which is not a mitzvah, it's a tirda derishus, that doesn't potter him up from Kriyishma. But rather, since he's not preoccupied with a mitzvah, he would be mechuyiv in Kriyishma. The Gemara says that an oval is pater from Tefillin on the first day of Avelis, since Tefillin are considered pe'er, something beautiful. But all other mitzvahs, an oval would be mechuyiv since again, stamp preoccupation, i.e., the distress over the mess with a non-mitzvah, does not putter a person from another mitzvah. Only preoccupation with a mitzvah patters a person from the mitzvah, other types of mitzvahs, or kriyishma. For example, like the mitzvah of bia reshain. The Rabbim says that in general, a isik be-mitzvah in a mitzvah. Although the Mechaber says that today, since people don't have that much kavana by kriyishma anyway, we don't say this, but rather that a chassan, for example, has echiev in kriyishma. The Gemara says that there were people in the Midbar who became Tamei Meis on Erev Pesach, or who, who were Tamei Meis when Erev Pesach came around, and they were not able to bring the carbon Pesach. So they established a Pesach Shining. The question is, who were these people who came on Erev Pesach that they had the problem of Tamei Meis? And we have three Peshatim. Rabbi Yaseh Aglili says that these were the people who carried the bones of Yosef, therefore that's where they were a Tamei Meis. Rabbi Akiva says the people who were involved in the burial of Nodav, and Aviyu. This was referring to be Shoyal And finally, Rabbi Yitzchak says the people who were involved with Metz Mitzvah, with general burials. This, of course, is not the typical term we use today of Metz Mitzvah, but rather anyone at that time who was simply burying a relative was called a mes Mitzvah. We know that in Shulchan Arach, Chilchus Tfilin, Simen, Ches, Ches, there are more that we hold, Isaac mitzvah is Potem in a mitzvah, but if a person can be Mekayim, the second mitzvah, while he's being Mekayim, the first mitzvah too, then he should try to do both at the same time. The Gemara says that an Ovalas Chayim in all mitzvahs, except Tfilin, on the first day of his Amelus, and this is learned from Yecheskel Hanavi. Amarab Abba, Barzavda Amarav. He says that a chassan and his friends, the Shushvinin, and all the people of the chuppah, are pater from sukkah, since we say a, isik min a mitzvah, Obviously, this marriage, the Gemara is referring to, had to take place before yantiv, So we know you're not allowed to make a Hasana on yantiv or on Cholamay. So now that the Hasana for example, was two or three days before Yantav. now that the sheva Brachas is on Cholamay. Today, the Mishnah Beruah says that if we make a sheva Brachas on sukkah, we're makbed to make it in the sukkah. Tav <laughs> Seifrim who write mezuzahs and tefillin, and those who sell them, are potter from tefillah and kriyashmah. Since we say, Aisik b'mitzvah, potter min a mitzvah. In Simen, Lamedches, Sifches, the Mishnah Brewer says that this only applies if the writing has to be done right now. A person says that he's leaving to take a trip to Eretz Yisrael in 10 minutes, and he needs these mezuzahs right now, and this man mincha comes around, then he's potter. But otherwise, tam, when a person writes tefillin and mezuzahs, etc., he's not potter from tefillah or from kriyashmah, and he has to be mafsik even in the middle of writing them. The Gemara says that people who travel are pata from a sukkah while they're traveling, but not when they stop. The Pasuk says, Teshvu, we know the drushes, Teshvu ke'en taduru. Just like when you leave your house to travel, therefore you're allowed to leave your sukkah to travel. But if you travel for a Dvar mitzvah, then you're pata both day and night, just like the Mishnah had said. We say that a city guard is also pata from sukkah. In fact, the Gemara, why don't they just build one out there so that you can have a sukkah to sit in? Abaye says, Teshvu ke'en taduru. And it would be too much of a tircha to bring food all the way out there, to bring a bed, to bring food, as Rashi explains it. Rava, who is how we Pasuken like, he says that the reason we don't build a sukkah out there is because if we do that, he will encourage Ganovim to come because he's not going to be able to watch very carefully. The Bishnaburu says that if one, today, this man is in an office all day, then he is mechuyiv to find a kashura sukkah to eat in. The Gemara says that a chayla, she'ein by sakana, is also part of from a sukkah. Even if one just has a headache, or if there are bugs, for example, or if there's a bad smell. Because we say, Mitztair, Pater, minasuka. The Gemara says that it's mutter to eat a snack outside of a sukkah, and even a bread snack is mutter. Rabbi Yisif says you can eat a shear up to two or three eggs worth of bread, and Abai says only up to one egg. The Gemara says one is not allowed to take a small nap outside the sukkah, since he may end up sleeping a longer nap outside the sukkah, And we say that a person can sleep a shinis with tefillin, but not a shinis kva, because we have a chash of Shema ya the Gemara says that a person cannot sleep during the day more than a horse sleeps, because it's considered a bitl-tire. This is the shear of 60 breaths. And the Bir HaLacha in Siman says that there are many different shiurim, exactly how long these 60 breaths are, but he brings shiurim that range from 3 hours to 30 minutes to 3 minutes. We've then a Mishnah. In a maisa of Rabbi Echanan Ben Zake and Rabbi Gamliel, they refuse to eat even Achila Sarai outside of the Sukkah. But Rabbi Tzodek ate Pachas Mikibeah outside the Sukkah, and he didn't wash, and he didn't bench, because there was no sviya. The Gemara says that it's okay to be machmer, and to eat even achilas Arai inside the sukkah, and it is not yeyara, it's, it's not gaiva. In the Shulchan Arach, Simen Toph Lamed Tesif we say that one is machmer, a person who is machmer to do this, to eat anyway in the sukkah, even if it's arai. we say toveilav bracha. But from Mitzadok we see that it's definitely okay if a person wants to be makel by achilas Arai to, to eat outside of the sukkah, that's okay. And Teisvitz adds that Paris are always considered Arai in any quantity, and we see this in the Teisvitz, in the, in Yuma, Tass Tes, Tafchafzayin, the Mishnah. Rebbe Leazar says that a person is mahuyaf to eat 14 su'udas in a sukkah over sukkah. So in other words, two per day, two times seven is equal to 14. The Chachamim say no. There's no specific number of meals that a person is mechuev to eat in the sukkah, but only on the first night a person is mechuev to specifically eat in the sukkah. But once you miss this on the first night, then there's no tashlumin. The Gemara says that the of Rebel Eliezer is based on teshvu ke'en taduru. Just like in your house you normally eat two meals every day, so too on sukkahs, so you have to eat two meals every day. The Chachamim say, just like in a house, if you want to eat, you can eat. And if you don't want to eat, you don't have to eat. It's up to whatever mood you're in. The same thing is true with the sukkah. You can either eat or not eat. The Chachamim learn that the first night is the key chiv. We learn this from Pesach, from a Hekish of Chamisha Asar. Just like Matzah has a chiv on the first night, because the Pesach says Hamish Asar, the same thing is true by Sukkot, so Chamisha Asar teaches that on the first night there is a specific chiv to eat in the Sukkah. That's where the Mitzvah Darai says. In fact, on the first night, not only are we to eat in the Sukkah, but we're to eat a Sudas Pas in the Sukkah. Taisva says that if one forgot Yala V'Yoveh during benching on a Sudas yantiv, he has to go back and bench again since the meals on yantav are considered a chiv, mamish, based on yantav. Just like we know on Shabbos if a person forgets Ritzeh. Ritzeh, the su'udah of Shabbos, is an integral part of Shabbos, therefore a person has to go back and bench again. And we know the general rule is, when we ask the question, if a person has to go back and bench again, if he forgot something, the answer is always totally And if the meal is considered a special of hayoim. So for example, Hanukkah, where we say Al-Anisim, if a person forgot Al-Anisim, since there's no chiv su'udah, to eat a suda on Hanukkah, a person would not have to go back and bench again. The Ramah, in Simon Tophrei Shlamed Tess, and the Machaber there, Paskin like the Rush, that one is only mechuyiv to eat in the sukkah if he eats one of the Chamesh's minei dagan. But the Mishnah Brewer says that some are machmer like Tessus, that if you are kaveya Suda, with a lot of fish, for example, even if you don't wash them bread, there's also a to eat in the sukkah. The Gemara says that, according to Rebbe Eliezer, you cannot begin yantav in one sukkah and finish up Yontav in a different sukkah or you're not allowed to build a sukkah on Halamayit the Chachamim argue on this and they say you are allowed to move from one sukkah to another on Yontav but everybody agrees that if the sukkah fell down once you had built it then you are allowed to rebuild it on Halamayit the Gemara says just as a person cannot be Yitzah, the mitzvah of Lulav on the first day with his friends Lulav and Esrog because the Pasuk says Rabbi Eliezer says the same is true with a sukkah that it has to belong to you the Chacham agree with this because the Pasuk says Lachem, but not with Sukkah. By Sukkah, you do not need Lachem. Since it says, "Kol Ezrach Yisrael, Yeshu basukas. Theoretically, if you touch this Pasuk up, it could mean that the ganz Yisrael shares one big Sukkah. Therefore, people can jump around from one Sukkah to the other, and not only that, the Sukkah does not have to belong to the person who sits in it. The Gemara says Rebbe used to praise the people who were lazy, and who did not leave their house on Yontif. Why? Because while they were in their houses, they were able to be m'sameach, their families, on Yontif. Rabbi Yitzchak says that a person is mechuyiv to visit his rabbi on Yontif if he is within the trum and he can get back on the same day. And it's interesting that this halacha is not brought in Shulchan Aruch, and is not a chiyiv today. There was no shevet which did not appoint at least one sheifet, one judge, and one novi. And not only that, Yehuda and Binyamin anointed and appointed kings also. Yehuda had David, and Binyamin had shawl. The Gemara says, Rabbi never said anything that he did not hear from his Rebbe, and his Rebbe was Rabbi and ben Zaka. Finally, the Gemara says, it is usher to build on Shabbos, a malacha of Baina, and according to Rebel Leezer, you can't even be misef to an ILRI unless the additional item was made to specifically do this job, i.e. a pakach hachalain, ha- which we know from the seft of Shabbos, that a window stopper built into a wall that you would be allowed to use. Tav Rebel Eliezer used to be the first person into the Beis Medrish and the last person to leave and he never slept there or spoke Dvarim Betelim. Rebbe Echanem ben Zakkai never spoke Sichas Chulim and never went for Amas, never walked for Amas without learning tirah and without his Tfilim. And he never told his Talmidim to leave early from the Beis Medrish, except on Erev Pesach and Erev Yom Kippur where there were specific reasons to do that. And Rebel Eliezer followed him i.e. Rabbi and ben his rabbi regarding these things. The Gemara says that Hillel Hazakey had 80 Talmidim, and the greatest was Rabbi Yenison Ben-Uziel, and the smallest was Rabbi and ben Zakeh. They said that Yenison Ben-Uziel, when he learned Torah, any bird that flew over him would burn from the Kayach of the Torah that came from above him, the Mishnah. We say that if Reishai Virubai is in his sukkah, a person's Reishai Virubai is in the sukkah, but his Shulchan is in the house, they Shammai says, He's not Mekayim, the mitzvah. This is because we need a shear of seven by seven t'vachim, and if just reishah berubai is in the sukkah, we don't have a shear of seven by seven. Ashkenazi be'shul says it is kasha, and here we pasken like be'shamay. This is one of the six places in shas where we pasken like be'shamay. The Mishnah continues that nashim, avodim, and ketanim are potter from sukkah, but a katan who doesn't need his mother is mechuyef in sukkah because of chinuch. The Gemara says that although women are, are potter from Yeshiva Besukah since it's a Mitzvah Saseh Shazman Groma, but they are mechuyiv to fast on Yom Kippur, since we know that men are equal to women regarding Lavin, shaken, of course, by Mitzvah Saseh, then we say, Mitzvah Saseh Shazman Groma, women are pater And I needed a special Pesach of HaEzrach to say that women are pater from B'Sukkah. Why? Since I would have a Ahav, ahav that they're mechuyiv due to the Hekish of B'chamisha Asar legabi Pesach. And we could also use HaEzrach to include Gerim in sukkah, The Gemara says that there is a special mitzvah of Taisvis Yem adding inoy before yamtiv, and this applies to both men and women, that you have to add a little bit of extra time to Yom Kippur. The Gemara says, the Gemara asks, when is a cotton considered independent? In other words, that he does not need his mother, and therefore is Mechoyim in sukkah. The Gemara answers, if he doesn't need his mother to help him clean himself after going to the bathroom, or if he stops calling out, Mommy, Mommy, after he wakes up and he does not continue to call his mother's name. We pass him today, but this is age five or six. And that's when a child is muchuiev, is he regarding a sukkah. We then have another Mishnah. The Mishnah says, For the seven days of sukkas, a person can make his sukkah kvah and his house arai. And once it starts raining to the point where the food begins to spoil, Mishatisrach Ha then you're allowed to go back into your house because it's considered mitzdar. And the Ramah and Simon Tafrais Lamitas says that this particular shir we're talking about, of Misha Tisra this is a general shir. So even if you're not mamish eating in the house, once it reaches the point where it's that wet, then you're still allowed to leave the sukkah. When it rains on sukkahs, it's considered a simon klala. And this is Mashallah l'maha to a servant who came to pour wine for the melech, and the melech threw water in the servant's face. The gemara says that a person should live in the sukkah like his house, and he should bring out his nicest utensils, he should eat there, talk there, learn there, etc., and we learn this from Teshu Ke'en to Dura. And finally the Gemara says Mishanen is equal to Gemara, the explanations of the Halacha of the Mishnayas, which is from the word Mishanen is from Vishinantam Levanecha. Tav Eating utensils should be taken out of the Sukkah after they're used so as not to make a B'zayin. And the Mishnaburah also passes that pots should not be brought into there at all either. Mitzdar is putter from Sukkah. And the Ramah in Siman Toph Reh Shmem says that this is what, what does mitzahar include exactly? If it's cold, if it's raining, if there are insects, if it smells bad, etc., etc., these are all considered mitzvah, and then a person is there from a sukkah. In fact, the bira halacha brings down in Tafrei Shlame Test Sif Zayin, that if someone continues to sit in a sukkah when he's mitzahar in the rain, he gets no special sechar at all, since this is not teshu keintudurah. A person wouldn't sit in his house like that. And not only that, he's referred to as a head. The Gemara says that if it began to rain and a person leaves his sukkah to go into the house to finish his meal, if it then stopped raining, then a person is still allowed to finish his meal in the house once he went in already. Same thing is true with sleep. If it started to rain and a person went in, then he's allowed to finish up his sleep until the morning. Rain on Sukkot is a bad simmon, And in fact, a solar eclipse is also considered a bad simon, since Hashem takes away the light of the sun from the world. The Gemara says when the sun is eclipsed, it's a bad sign for the umas ha'olam. And when the moon is eclipsed, it's a bad sign for Klai Yisrael. There's numerous pshatim in the Gemara what this means. When a nation is punished, its gods are also destroyed. But when Cloudy is doing the Ritzayne they have nothing, nothing to fear from any of these Simanim that they see in the sky. The Gemara says there are four reasons for a solar eclipse. Number one, the head of a Bezdin who died without proper Hespedim. Number two, women who are not saved and protected from crimes. Number three, Mishkav Zohar, homosexual acts. And number four, two brothers who were killed at the same time. Continuing with this, the Gemara says that there are four reasons why the moon could potentially become eclipsed. Number one, forgeries. Number two, false edus. Number three, people who don't watch their sheep from ruining other people's lands. And number four, when people destroy good trees. We then say that the the government confiscates land for four reasons. Number one, people who keep shtaras past the time that the loans are already paid back. Number two, a person who is malvibaribus. Number three, failure to protest against the And finally, if people who pledge berabim I and mean, then they don't give the tztaka. And finally, the Gemara says that wealthy people's property gets taken away also for four reasons. Number one, for delaying to pay a worker. Number two, for withholding pay. Number three, for not doing people, not doing their responsibilities. And number four, for gaiva. And since a person is rich, gaiva is considered the worst crime of them all, but we say that a humble person will be matzliach. This marks the end of the second parak. Now we are beginning the third parak of Masachta sukka Sukkah, peric, lulav, Hagozel. The Torah says in Parsha's Emor, peric, kof, gimel, pasig, mem, ulekachtem lachem v'yayim and You should take for yourselves on the first day of Sukkahs arba minim, four species. And the Torah mentions them specifically. pre hoder, kapos, the v'anaph, eitz, oves, This is referring to the esrog, the lulav, the hadasim, and the arabos. The Torah says, The mitzvah of the Torah, of the Arbaminim is only on the first day of Sukkot. In the Beit HaMikdash, the mitzvah was for seven days. As the Pesach says, Today, however, the first day of Sukkot has a chiyuv Midaraisa, but the rest of Sukkot, we bring the lul of esrog, Zecher, LaMikdash. Outside of Eretz Israel, where a second day of Yontav is required Midar the mitzvah of the Arbaminim on the second day is considered mitrabanan the Torah calls the Esrog preates 8 implying that it should be beautiful in appearance and in growth. And since all four minim are written in the same pasuk, Chazal have determined that all four minim should be hodr. That is, they should also be beautiful in appearance and choice of quality, as we're going to see in Sukkah Daflamet Aleph. The three basic parts of the lulav are the Shedra, the Olim, and the Teumas. The Shedra is the spine, or the backbone of the lulav, and the Olim are the leaves which grow from and are attached to the Shedra. The Teumas are the leaves of the, of the lulav, which grow double, and are connected to each other. Each of the double leaves of the lulav is called a teyumus, and a teyumus is a twin. Now let's begin on Davchov Tes from the Mishnah. A lulav which is stolen is puzzle The reason it's puzzle is because the pussel says, Or if it's dry, it's javesh, because it's not beautiful, it's considered pussel. Or if it's from a tree of Avayda or if its leaves are detached from the luluf, all these cases are possible. If the leaves are spread out, nifrit then it's kasher. Rabbi Yehuda says they must be tied up in a case like that. And the Mishnah says that the luluf must be at least three tevachim long, so you can do the nanuim. Mishnah is that it has to be three tevachim in the Shedra, plus an additional one tevach for the nanuim. But Ha'is explains that although the Eswig is mentioned first in the Torah, we begin to discuss luluf first here in the Gemara and the Mishnahis, since the Hadassim and the arabis are attached to it. So it has the chashivas of three things. Amr Rabbi Yechanan, he says that a stolen lulav is oser on all of Sukkos, because it's a mitzvah haba ba'avera. You did it via the avera of gazela. Taflamit. Lamed. Rabbi Yechanan holds of the klal of mitzvah haba ba'avera, but Shmuel does not hold of this concept. The Gemara says that Hashem hates when people steal, even if the money is used for a mitzvah, so we also should hate gazela in any form. Amr um, Rabbi Amr Shmuel argues, and says that if you stole on the second day of Yontiv, the mitzvah is valid, once the Bailam is Miyayish. So he doesn't hold at all the concept of mitzvah haba ba'avera. asks, once we have the concept of mitzvah haba Bavera, why do we need a pasuk of lachem at all? So Taisvitz answers, even if you borrow it, you're not yoyitz either. In other words, it's not just if you steal it, but even if you borrow it, you're not yoyitz either, because it has to be misha lachem. This Taisvitz is mashma, that mitzvah haba Bavera is a deray concept. Naturally, of course, by Adir Abanan, for sure this concept would apply. Rapuna told the businessmen, when they buy Hadassim from the Gaim, they should ask the non-Jews to cut them from the ground, and not cut, cut it themselves. This is so when the final balabais buys the Hadassim from the Jewish merchant, there would have been yish and Shini Rishus, and no potential problems of Gezela. The key issue on this Amit is answering if it is possible for a person to have an item, which is really stolen property, but yet, the lulav would still be considered lachem, totally his, so could be, he could be mekayim the mitzvah. And we answer, the original bailem was miyaysh, he gave up. And this is coupled with one of three things, shini rishus, shini maisa, in other words, shale chazel or shini hashem. then the third person who gets it can be mekayim the mitzvah. And the sugya, of course, is discussed in great detail in Masech Tisbaba Kama. A stolen sukkah, or a sukkah built on public property, Rabbi Yezer says it's possible, the chachamim say that it's kosher. Rab Nachman says this machoikis is referring to someone throwing his friend out of his own sukkah. And the chachamim hold, this doesn't apply because we hold, Eina n'gzalas. However, all agree that if one stole the schach, then he only has to pay back the value of the wood. The Gemara says that all of Klal Yisrael has a lot of yichas. This is because our forefather of Avinu had 318 servants. The Gemara says that a dry esrig is puzzle, according to everyone, because the pussel says pre by a dry luluf, it's a machoikis. The Tanakhama says we have a hekish with esrik, so it would be pussel. Rabbi Yehuda says it's kosher. But Rabbi Yehuda does hold that you must at least tie up these with the luluf. In other words, the of the aravas, and the luluf must be tied together, and they have to be tied up with a piece of the luluf itself, or at least a sieve, or an ikra, de dikla, which are bimini and are related to the luluf. The reason he wants you to do it by Minai is because he's afraid of Baltasif, since if you use a different type of a min, you could potentially have five Minim instead of four Minim, and you might come to be over Baltasif. The Gemara says if one of the four Minim is missing, you cannot substitute one of the Minim for something else. In other words, you can't bring a Remain, for example, a pomegranate, instead of an esrog. You're not allowed to decrease the number of Minim, and you're not allowed to increase the number of Minim. The Gemara says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, if an esrog is green, or it's smaller than a beitza, then it's pasul, since it's not a completed fruit. And Rabbah says that a lulav is held in the right hand, and the esrog is held in the left hand. We say that a lulav that was used for avoy should not be used for the mitzvah, but for the evid, it's kosher. Daflam base. A lulav which is chipped on top, niktam, it's pasal. But if it's just split, nizdak, then it's kosher. If it's kafaf, bent over, or kovitz, thorny, or kharatz, very hard, then it's pasul. In Shulchan Simin, Simen, Tafresh Siftes, regarding Kofuf bent over, we say that it's only possible if the Shedra itself is bent. But if the leaves are bent, the top leaves are bent over, which is what we refer to as a Kneppel, then this is actually preferred, since it keeps the leaves all together. This is the Shittas Arush. but there still remains a difference in Minhagim today, whether we like or do not like to use Lulavim with a Kneppel on them. Rav Papa says, Nechlacha Hatiyumis, the two top leaves, in other words, the Shedra, the shedra is split on top, there are two pshatim from the Talmudim of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. The first says only nitla is pasal, since it's koser. But Nechluka is kosher. The second pshat says even Nechluka, even split, is kosher. The ramah in Simon, Tafresh Mem Sifvav, says that all of the middle leaf must be there, or it's pasal. And the ramah adds in sif Gimel, that if all of the middle leaf is split down to the shadra, then it's pasal. But the Gra says if most of it is split, then it's pasal. But if only part of it is split, then it's kosher. And the ramah adds, though, that it's a mitzvah and a mufchar to take a lulav that isn't split at all on top. This is since if it's split a little bit, by the time we end up doing the nanuim, it will split completely. And the Mishnah Brewer adds that a crack up to a tafach is also okay. The Gemara says you cannot use a lulav with the thorns, since the Pesach says regarding mitzvahs, and thorns could end up hurting this person. The Gemara says that according to Shmuel, must be at least three Tvachim long, and the lulav must be four tvachim. So the lulav is one tafach above the hadas. And Rabbi Yechanan, he's machmer, and says that the shedra must be one tafach above the hadas, and not just the leaves. And this is how we paskan. In today's terms, a lulav, according to the shiurim of Rab Maisha Zechrein of Lebracha, a lulav would be 15 inches long, at least, and hadasim should be at least 11 tvachim long, and the same would apply to a rovis. The Gemara says normally in shas, an Amma is an Amma Bas shisha. It has six Tvachem in it, although there are places where we use an ama Bas chamisha Tvachem. We've been on a Mishnah. A Hadass that is stolen, dried out, from a veidazara, or the top is cut off, the leaves are cut off, or if it has more grapes than leaves, it's Pasach. If before yantiv, of course, you remove the grapes, so there are less grapes than leaves, then it's kosher. The Pasach Anaf Eitz avos is referring to a hadas, Since its leaves cover the wood, it overlaps as a braid, and it is not poison. Finally, the Gemara says, only eights of ice is kosher. Rabbi Yehuda says, this is three leaves coming out from the same area. And Rashi adds that they all come from the same point. If it doesn't have three coming out from the same point, but just two, and the third one does not come out from that area, then it's called the Hadashaita, and it's pasal. And in Simon Tafresh Memvav, the Mishnah Bura says, we should be machmer to find hadasim Mishulashim, that all three come from the general same level. Although the chathila, the entire length of the three should be mishulosh, however, the hadas is kosher, even if most of the shear of three Tvachim is mishulish. in other words, roiv We see this also in Simon Tafresh Memvav. If the hadas was longer than three Tvachim, then there is no requirement for most of the hadas to be mishulosh, but rather the only requirement is that most of the shear of three tvachim must be mishulosh. Tachlam and Givam. The Gemara asks, do we say di chui once an item is pasul at the zaman of the mitzvah, it cannot become kosher later? Or do we say, and it can be converted later on? The Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda holds that a luluv must be tied up with the Hadassim and the Aravas, or it's makav. In other words, it's pasul if it's not. According to the Chachamim, you do not need to do this, but if you do, it's very nice, because of the Zekei li'vi'an The Gemara says, if the grapes that we have on the Hadassim are red or black, then they pasul the Hadassim. Masha'in, if they're green, they're all right. Picking grapes from the hadasim are aser, but if you pick them not to be machshir the hadas, but rather to eat them, Rabbi ben Shimon says it's mutter. Since we say davar and is mutter, I the gemara, but it's a psik When you pick them, you know what you're picking them for, even if you're taking them off to eat them, but you're trying to be machshir the hadas. So the gemara answers he already has one kosher hadas, so he doesn't really need this one. Therefore, it's not a taken kli, and therefore it's not a psik if the knot tying the three menim gets loose on Yontif, then you're not allowed to tie a knot, but you just wrap around something, around the lulav, hadasim, and the eravis. And you're not allowed to do a bow either, since this is usur on Shabbos and Yontif. The Gemara says we do not paskan like Rabbi Yehuda, and we are not machuyev in Igud. But today, once we do put them together, then there must be a full kasher, as we see in Siman, Toph, Resh, and Aleph. We do this via a kesherah. This is with the leaves of old ulovim braided together. And this is generally the meaning today to put the Hadassim and the aravas into this keshulah because of nai, mitzvah, beautification of the mitzvah. Then we have a, a mishnah. A stolen, a dry, one from a zara, one that's cut off on top regarding an arava. The arava is pussel. If the leaves aren't round, then it's pussel. If it doesn't grow near a river, then we say it's kosher. Why are we worried about a river? The Gemara says, arve, Nachal, from the Pasuk, which means by the river, tells us that it's preferable that it's grown by the river. And those whose leaves are shaped like a river. In other words, they're shaped like a river versus round-shaped. Daflam Arve, which is plural, teaches us that you need two aravas, one that is taken with the luluf, and one that is used in the Beis HaMingdash. Tzaftzifa is not kosher for an arava. Tzaftzifa are referring to round leaves. The Kumar says that an arava has three distinct signs. Number one, a long, narrow leaf. Number two, edges of leaves are smooth. Are smooth. And number three, if a twig is red. Today we are not machpin on trying to find aravas that Badafka grow near water. The Kumar then says, once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, there were three things which had their names changed: arava, shifer, and the shulchan. The Kumar also brings numerous other items including when if someone says that a get came from Babel, if they still need to say which were not needed if the get was written in Eretz Yisrael or Babel. Then we have a Mishnah. Rabbi Yishmael says we take one lulav, one esrog, three hadasim, and two arovus. Rabbi Akiva says we need only one of each. We, of course, paskin like Rabbi Yishmael. And Rabbi Yishmael adds that if two of the hadasim are ketumim, their tips are cut off, then it's still okay. Today we try to avoid ketumim, if possible, in hadasim. The Gemara says that the Esrog does not get tied together with the other three meaning. Since the Pasuk says, pre eitz hodar tamarim vi anaf etzobos, vi There's a Vav right before hadasim and aravis, but there's no Vav connecting pre eitz and Kapos-tamarim. So those are separated, you don't have to put them together. In other words, although you don't tie them together, however, you still hold them together. The esrug in the left hand, the Lulav, the hadasim and the Aravas in the right hand. Shmuel threatened the shopkeepers not to overcharge on Hadassim. And the Gemara says that the Dalad Minim are Ma'akvim Ezeh So if you don't have one of them, you cannot make a bracha. We now have the Mishnah about Asreikim. and Before we go through to the Mishnah, we're going to read a little bit from Kitzer Hilchas Dalad Minim by Rabbi The four basic parts of the Esraik are the Shoshanta, the Pitim, the Chaitim, and the Ugetz. The upper tip of the Esraik, which protrudes beyond the Esraik, is commonly called the pitum, But in truth, the pittam consists of two parts. The flat horizontal part, which is all the way at the top, that is called the shashanta, and the bottom vertical portion of this top part, which is slightly below the shashanta, which is connected to the esrog, this is what is considered in halacha as the pittam. So in other words, between the esrog, the body of the esrog itself, and the shashanta, that piece, the piece that's sticking up vertically, that's the pitum. The chaytem is the top portion of the esric after it begins to get narrower. In other words, about the top one-third of the esrog that's called the chaytem. And the ukits is the portion of the esric, all the way at the bottom. And this is the portion which is connected to the tree. That is, it's the stem at the bottom of the esric. An esrog which is more of, is an esrog which is a product of the grafting of an esrog with a lemon, an orange, or any other fruit. And if this happens, it's possible. There are three simanim, visible characteristics, which differentiate between a Morkav and a kasherasruk. Number one, the outer skin of a morkev is smooth versus the outer skin of a kasherasruk, which has bletus, bump like elevations. Number two, the ukits, the stem of the morkov, is on the surface of the fruit. Maschenke, the ukits of the kasherasruk is recessed into the fruit. And number three, the skin of the morkev is thin and its fruity portion is large and juicy. The skin of the kasherasruk is thick and its fruity portion is small and contains very little juice. The Sefer held that one may not rely exclusively on these characteristics. One may only use an esrog from an orchard which has the mesura from earlier generations which established that it was not Morkif. Now the Mishnah. An esrog which is stolen, which is dry, which was used for Avoy Dezara, which is orla, or it is chaser, or if its pitum comes off, etc., these are all puzzle. The minimum shear of an where Rameer says, is the shear of an egois, and of Yehuda says, it's a shear of a beitzah. And speaking about chaser, we know that if an esrug is khasr, any little bit, even if it's just a show, then the esrug is on the first day. Later on, a person should consult a rov. The bark of the Esrig tree has the same taste as the fruit itself, and the fruit stays for a few years on the tree. The Gemara says, which is in Devarim, teaches us that the land of Eretz Yisrael has everything and isn't lacking in anything. The Gemara says that an esrug of Arla is aser. Arla is for the first three years of a tree's life. Its fruits are Asr baachila and Hana. Why? We have a Machleikas, either because it's Asr to eat, or it has no value, since it's Asr Ba'hana, so it lacks in Lachem. The Gemara says everyone agrees with, number one, the fact that it's Asr to eat, for sure. The Gemara says Matzah, or Esrik, of or shani are not considered Lachem, and therefore you cannot use them. And by too, a person must own it for him to be B'chuyiv to take off challah. The Gemara says, Truma to cannot be used for an Esrog, because either it will become wet by one of the seven Mashkais, and it will be Muxhulah Kabultuma, since it will touch the wet Lulav and the hadasim and it's also Khadkhila to make something Muxhulah Kabultuma. And one Mandiamra holds that its outer surface could become rune, mafsidah The Gemara says, according to shammai it's Osur to use an Esrog, which is Damai. But according to Beishama, it's Motar, since ibai mafkir Nechasa, he could be mafkir everything he owns, and become an instant Ani and a niyam are allowed to eat from demai since demai is only a takanas chachamim, but minatara it's muter. If there is a chazazis, a blister, on most of the esrug, then it's pasal. If it is only on a few spots, even if it's less than raiv, then it's also pasal. However, if it's on the chaitim, on the top, a narrow part, even one spot at that point makes it pasal. The Gemara says that the pitim is removed, then the esrug is pasal. Rashi brings to pshatim what the pitim is. Rabbeinu Yaakov says the top point, which is how we know it, and Rabbi Yitzchak says it's the bottom of the esrog. In Shulchan Arach Sim, in Taf Sif Zayin, we learn that there are really two parts to what we call the Pitta. The Dad, which is the piece of wood vertically coming out of the top of the esrog, and the Shoshanta, which is the horizontal piece coming out of the Dad. The Mechaber says the Esrug is puzzle only if the Dad is missing. The Ramas says even if the Shoshantah is missing, it's also puzzle. But this is only Lechachila. However, B'Dievet, it's only puzzle if the Dad is missing. And all of this is only if it grew with a pitam on it. And then it came off. However, if the Esrog never had a pitum at all, then it's kosher, lechatchila, even without a pitum. And many of this, the Esrogim, the Rama says that he saw, in, in Poland, he saw without a Daflamidva. If the Esrog has a neck of and even if it's all the way through, then it's pasul, even if it's only a tiny hole. The Gemara says that an Esrog that is swollen, decayed, pickled, cooked, black, white, or spatted, is pasul. An esrug that is small, baiser, doesn't have the status of a pre. Therefore, it's pasr, mi and it's possible for an eserig on Sucus. The Gemara says that an esrug that was bitten by a mouse is not considered hodr, and therefore cannot be used because it's mias. However, if a person bites it, you can't use it on day one, but after that, it's okay, since on day one, we say that chaser b'mashu is pasr. And the Gemara brings this because they used to talk about Rav Hanina, who used to bite his esrog. The Gemara says that the same machleikus of the size of an esrog is the same as we've applied in other things. Either it's an egos or a beitza, the minimum size. And this is the same machleikus by Avranim Mikurzolis. We say that although these stones are considered muktzah, a person can take these to the beisakise for cleaning purposes due to Kovidabriis. This same size machoikis applies here to beisakise. And Taisu says that one can carry these even from a Carmelist to Rush, which is an Isidur Abbanin, due to Kavad Abris. The Gemara says that the maximum size of an Esrog, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is up to two Esragim in one hand. Rabbi Yassi says even as big as one Esrog in two hands. Once Rabbi Akiva came to Shul with a giant Esrog on his shoulder, and the Talmidim told him that it was not considered Hader. Then we have a Mishnah. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Lulav, Hadassim, and the Erovis can only be tied up with Minai, one of its own species, but according to Rameir, it's okay even to tie it with a gold thread, which is not Minai. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda holds Lulav, Tzarech, Agad, so if you use something new, which is not in one of the Arba Minim that exists, then it's potentially five Minim, and it's potentially Baltasif. Taflam We hold like Rameyur, as we see in Siman Tafreshin and Aleph, that one is not mechuyev to be ma'agid the lulav with the hadasim and the aravos, but today we do it anyway lenoy in order to beautify it because of van vanveyo. And in Tafreshin and Aleph Sifuyin if one picks up the dal individually, he would also be m'kayim the mitzvah. The rush goes even further, and he says that if a person adds a fifth min, as long as it's lenoy, then it's kosher and there's no Baltaisiv at all. Rabbi Akiva Eger in Mishnais says pshat in the rush is like a Ran in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Chofches. If we hold Mitzvahs and Tzriches Kavana, what if one has a negative Kavana? In other words, to pick up a Shaifer and not to be Yitz the Mitzvah at all. So based on a sheet of Rabbeinu Shmuel, he would not be Yitz. So here too, since he specifically has the opposite Kavana, the Kavana for Lenoi then he is an Ivra on baltosef. And Rashi Daf Lam and, and Zayin Aleph says Lefikach Ein Baltisaf. He's Mashma just like Rabbi Akiva Eger halacha we know that it's best to tie up a lulav with the Mina. If we hold lulav, so is a knot or a cloth on the lulav considered a According to Rava, it is, and according to Rava, it is not, and a person is yaitza, since it's considered lunai. And this is how we pass in the In Topharishnan Aleph, we pask like Rava that l'kicha aidedavar acher is motor. But that's only regarding the binding around the lulav. However, if there's a chatzitzah on one's hand, for example, like a glove, then a person is not not yaitza. In fact, a person should be careful to take off rings or his tefillin before taking the luluf. The Gemara says that hadas, which is designated for a mitzvah, one should not smell it, but an esrig, which is designated for the mitzvah, is allowed to be smelled. The Gemara says we take lulav b'amin in the right hand and esrig smell on the left hand. Since the right hand is more chashiv, it gets the three mitzvahs of the agad of lulav hadasim, and the Aravas. What about a lefty? We see in Tafration and Aleph, Sif Gimel, but this is a machlakis between the machaber and the Ramah. The about asks, Why was the Nusach of the Bracha Al Natilas Luluf? Why didn't we say Al Natilas all three? The answer answers, Since it's the longest and tallest of the Arba Minim, we say Al Natilas Luluf. And then we have a Mishnah. The Nanuim, which is the shaking that we do, we do it in Hodu twice as part of Halal, and in Onah Hashem Haishyana, according to Beisilah. According to Beis Shabbai, we also do Nanuim in Ana Hashem. And we, you can take a look at a between the Machaber and the Ramah and Simon Tafresh, and Sivchas. Sifchas. also adds here that we also do Nanuim when we take the Luluv and in the morning when we make the first Bracha on the Luluv on the Eserig. The Gemara says you shake the Nanuim to four sides to show that Hashem owns the entire world. And we also shake it up and down to show who owns heaven and earth. The Nanuim also has the ability to protect us against bad weather. The Mishnah. If a person did not bench an esrog in the morning, he can do it all day long in And the Gemara asks, is one Mekhuyiv to interrupt a meal to bench an esrog if he remembers at that point? And the Gemara answers, only if the day is about to run out, then he's Mekhuyiv. Otherwise, he's not Mekhuyiv to interrupt a meal. And as we see in Siman, Tafresh, and if Bays, a person should not eat anything before taking the Dalaminim in the morning. The Mishnah. As background, in the days of Chazal, one person said halal for everyone and everyone else would be and this particular person would be mitzi the entire tzibur however if an evid an isha or a cotton is the baltfilah they cannot be maitzi the entire kehila this is of course it's an evid and an isha or potter and a cotton of course cannot be mitzi anyone and that in that particular situation everyone must say it individually and if the tzibur relies on one of these three it's considered a bizayin and Lahem miira, a color will come upon them The Mishnah also adds, if it's a minig to repeat psukim of halal, or to make a bracha after halal, then you do it. V'hakolofi minig Hamadina. In fact, as we know it, both of these minhagim today, generally speaking in the world, we do. It's interesting to note that there are two Machlaikis rishaynim involving brachas. Number one, can an isha make a bracha on a mitzvah sasei shehazman grama? Rabbeinu Tam says yes, and the Rambam says no. As we know, the Rambam is always machmer when it comes to brachas. And number two, machlekes rishayim, does one make a bracha on something which is just a minig or not, versus something, of course, which is a real mitzvah, where, of course, you make a bracha. For example, it's a shayla if one makes a bracha by halil on Roshchidosh, since halil is only a minig. The minig Ashkenaz, by both of these cases, one by a woman regarding a mitzvah and all people regarding a minig, like, for example, halil on Roshchidosh, the Minig is Lohakil to allow the recitation of a bracha in these cases. However, by the Svardim, they do not make a bracha by either of these cases. The Yaivetz in his Siddur says that our Roshchidish, even women in Ashkenaz families, should not make a bracha on Hallel, since it's Tarti the reyesa. we have two Chesreinus. Number one, it's a Mitzvah Sasei Shazman Grama, and number two, it's only a Minig. Therefore he holds, because of these two things together, our to say that they should not make a bracha. However, the Bir HaLacha and Siman Tophchof Beis argues, and holds that even women on Rishchidosh can make a bracha on challah. The Gemara. A ben can be mitzi his father in Benching, and a wife can be mitzi her husband. However, if they do these things, toviela of meira, a klala will happen. The Gemara says many great halachas can be learned from our Mishnah regarding the recitation of Hala. The Chazin used to say, Ana Hashem hai and the tzibur would answer him. The Gemara says there are many halachas which were derived from the meaning of how halal was said in Rabbis' Beis Medesh, which remind us of the way it was said in the time of the Tanayim. The Gemara says that during halal the chazan said, Baruch HaBah, and the people would say, B'Shem Hashem. From here we learn the concept of Shemea Ka'ina. Even if a person actually said nothing, but if he had kavanah to be Yoytzeh by listening, then he's Yoytzeh. And we also learn this from a pasuk in Malachim. There is a machleikah of exactly how Shemea Ka'ina works, either you say it along or you just listen. Rashi says that if a person is in the middle of Shemayin Esrei, and Kedusha comes, he should stop Shemayin Esrei, and be mechaven to the words of the Chazan, so he could be, be mechaven Kedusha, via Shemayi HaKainah. This is brought in the Mechaber simen kof, kuf dalad, sif zayin. In Kaddish, one should say, Yehesh Shemayi Rabbah Mevarach all at once, and not have a hefzik between yehesh Rabbah and Mavarach. Rabbi used to double the Pesukim in Halal, from Ayitchan on, and this is the minig today all over the world. The Gemara says there is a minig to make a bracha at the end of hal, but before hal, it's a mitzvah specifically to make that bracha, and we also hold mitzvahs mabarachal and aiver which is why we do it before the mitzvah. Taisfus learns that due to this concept, you make a bracha on the lulav before you do the mitzvah, but he's in the supik exactly when this is before you pick it up, with just a lulav in hand, pick all them up together, but turn one upside down, etc. Shulchan Arach, we know we bring down the three minhagim which are brought number one, to leave the esrog on the table to make the bracha and then pick up the esrog number two, to hold all of them together but while you're making the bracha, you turn the esrog upside down, and then after you make the bracha, you turn it back up to its normal position and number three, to hold all of them but to make the bracha and have kavana, not to be yaitza until after the brachas and the prevalent minhagim today are numbers two and three turning the esrog upside down or holding all of them together and just not having kavana to be yaitza until after the bracha we then have a Mishnah. If one buys a Lulav during Shemitah, he should ask for the Esrog as a Matana. Because we're and the Gemara says that the seller refuses, then he should just pay more for the Lulav to make up the differential. The Gemara says regarding Shemitah by trees, by pairs of trees, we go after the dzman chanata, the time of the planting. So if you planted it in the sixth year, then it's Mutter in the seventh year. By came by Yerakas, by vegetables. We go basr l'kita. We go after the time of harvesting. So if you planted it in the sixth year, but picked it in the seventh, it would be asr. And the same halachas would apply also by Miser if the difference is between the second and third year. We know that Miser Ishan has a chiyav in years one, two, and three. Miser Sheni has a mitting in years one and two, but in the third year we bring Miser Ani. And if it's a borderline case, whether it's Miser Sheni or Miser Ani, you would have the same chanata or depending on whether it's Paris or Yerakas. So we say that Lulav is Bosa Lekita, but Esrog should technically be basar khanata because it's a fruit. But the Rabbi Senu Usha said it's Bosa Lekita, since as Rashi explains, you can grow with any type of water, so it makes it like a Yerek. Daphmem. Stam Eitzim do not have a chiv of shvius, but Lulav does, since as Rashi explains, it could be used as a broom. So the Hana and the destruction happen at the same time. The Gemara says you can use shvius for all types of Hana, according to Rabbi Yaisi, but not melugma. In other words, not for a refuah, since it's not Shavala Kol Adam, not everyone is sick. We do not actually paskan like this as it is brought in the Rabbah. Rabbi Eliezer says, Peirush can only be redeemed from money via an actual sale, via an actual Mekkah, not just by transferring it, not via Chilal. And Rabbi Yechanan says, either way is good. Daf the Mishnah. In the Beis Hamigdish, the Lula was taken for all seven days, and outside of the Beis Hamigdish, Medina, it was taken for one day. Rashi and Meis Rishonim hold the Medina includes everything outside of the Beis Hamikdash, including the rest of Yerushalayim. So as soon as you walked out of the Beis Hamikdash, it was called the Medina. However, according to the Rambam, the rest of Yerushalayim is considered like the Beis Hamikdash, so we're Machmer. And then once you leave Yerushalayim, the rest there is considered the Medina. But after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, or Ben made a takana then we take the lulav the Medina for a full seven days zecher lamikdash. So today on day number one. Zachi of And all other days are Midarabonon, Zecher, lamigdash. Of course, on the second day Yantav, we take it. It's not Midaraisa, but it's considered Yantav Sheini. Ziggyorah. On Tesai and Nisan, Chodash is still Asr all day. In the base Hamigdash, the Karban Ha'emir, once brought, would be matir al Khadash and make it into Yashan. But today, where there's no base Hamigdash, Rabbeyachin and was Misaken, but this entire Yemanaf remains Asr. He made this Takana since he was afraid people would forget. The Gemara says the Beis hamigdish will be rebuilt on the night of the 16th, the Mishnah. When the first day of Sukkot fell on Shabbos, everyone in the Beis hamigdish would take their Lulavim to Shul before Shabbos and then come early to Shul on Shabbos to pick up his Lulav. Today we obviously don't do this because we don't take the Lulav on Shabbos. On the first day of Sukkot, the Lulav must belong 100% to the person Mamish because the Pasuk says ulakachtem plural. It must be a lakicha for each and every individual person, mishalachem, this comes to exclude borrowing and stealing. The Chachamim said, on day one, you cannot be yaitzeh with a friend's luluf unless the friend gives it to you b'matana. However, it is allowed to be a temporary matana, and we say matana al sh'ma matana. Teisvis points out that esrik, which is bought b'shutfis, you're not yaitzeh with. So if a shul, for example, buys one esrik together, the entire shul, that each person has to take 100% of it at a given point in time in order to be Yitzah on the first day. The Gemara says, Rabbi Gamliel spent 1,000 zuzim on a luluf to show how chaviv mitzvahs are. Kam mitzvah chavivus alehen. And finally, the Gemara says, it is mutter to hold the dalad in other words, to hold a luluf, while davening, since it's considered a davar mitzvah, and it would not affect his Kavana satfila. But other things are also to hold during tefilah, including little children, because as their Birke Yosef points out, you'll be worried about the child falling and it will ruin your kavanah. Normally, if a kayan eats an oilas ha'ayf, he's chayv to bring a carbon me'ila. But if he thought it was a Khatas hive, then he's potter since it was Ta Bidvar mitzvah. We then have a mishnah. A woman, a woman may take a lulav from her husband or her son in the time of the Beis Ha'Biddush and put it back in a vase of water, even on Shabbos. The mishnah says on Yantav, water can be added. and a chalamay you can even change the water of this vase. And finally, the Mishnah says a cotton who can shake a lulav, who knows how to do that, should do it because of chinuch. Today, we do not take a lulav on Shabbos at all. In fact, it's considered muktzah, as we see in Shulchanah Arach, and Toph, The Gemara says a cotton who knows how to make nanuam is mechuyav in lulav, al tzchidach. If he knows how to wear tzitzes, then he should wear tzitzes. If he knows how to wear tefillin without creating a bizayin, then he should put on tefillin. The Gemara says that a father should teach his son Tyra Referring to the Pasik of Tarat, Sivilon, and Mashiach, and Yaakov, and he should teach him Kriishma, the first Pasik of Kriishma. If a cotton knows how to Shecht, then the Gemara says we can let him Shecht, and we can eat from it as long as it's a gadol, Sha'imid, Al Gabov. And finally, the Gemara says once a cotton can eat a Kazayis of the Chameshus Haminim, Bechtayakilas Pras, this is a Machloikis, whether it's a shear, but it's somewhere between two and nine minutes, then we must move away from his Zoah for alat when we say Kriishma or widavan, since now he has a full digestive system. And the details of this can be found in Shulchan Aruch Simen Ayintas. However, for all adults, even if they cannot eat at all, we must move four amus away from their Tsoa when we say dvarim shebekdusha, like Tfila or Kriishma. This marks the end of the third parak of Masachat Sukkah, And at this point, we will conclude our share.